You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. As I don't have a sermon for you, I have a word that the Lord wants to release. I, I have to share a vision. And then he has us singing one song. And that's it. Now that could go as long as it wants. We, we practiced that one song for 30 minutes. So <laughs> I'm just giving you a frame of reference. It could, we could be here a while. And we'll be here till the Lord releases us. But like I said, the Lord has something so specific for this morning. He wants us to participate in such a, a wonderful freedom this morning, this, this house. And I, you know, I remember, and the Lord brought about this word, and I, I remember this specific moment in college. I was uh, going to school in Houston at home with my family and um, living with my parents, and I was uh, reading this book by a pastor named Francis Chan. Uh, he wrote this book called Furious Love. It's an awesome book. I love that book. But there was a moment in there in this book where he's describing a man that he knew that had died while he was preaching. He died in the midst of preaching a sermon and he went to be with the Lord. And he started to, and he did his funeral service, he started to talk about the significance of that, of walking into the gates in obedience. That every second to the last breath of his life was given to the Lord. Everything that he was doing was given unto the Lord. And that the welcome that he must have received, what that would have meant when he walked through those gates into heaven and he heard, well done, my good and faithful servant. The significance of that moment for that man. And he talked about and he articulated, Francis Chan articulated how he wanted that for his own life. That he would live in such a way that he would, he would live with his last breath in obedience to God. And he would walk through those gates knowing that he gave his life for what the Lord had. Knowing that he was standing in the midst of the will of God the moment he died. And that he could hear that. And that resonated with me so strongly. I remember coming down with my, to the kitchen and my mom was in there and I was just blown away. The Lord had just broken me with that. Man, I just, in that moment, I wanted that to be my life. I wanted to walk in obedience to where when I died, I knew I was gonna hear those words. And not, for, not to a performance standard, but I just wanted to honor the Lord with my life to that degree, that where when I die, I know the breath before I took my last, I was walking in obedience. And I was living in accordance to what the Lord had spoken. I was walking in step with what he had. And that was a powerful moment for me. But then, like the enemy does, he creeps in. He tries to manipulate and he tries to make a beautiful moment like that. And he tries to plant something that's not of God. Because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy through fear, doubt, and division. And so then, what soon began to rise in me is what if I miss it? What if I miss what the Lord has for me? And that drove my life. But guess what? If you're asking that question before the Lord has even spoken, what do you think is the first thing you feel when the Lord speaks? Doubt. 
He comes to steal, kill, and destroy through fear, doubt, and division. So in that fear of missing it, the first thing I felt was doubt when the Lord would speak. And then I, I just end up standing still because I don't know which step to take. What if I miss it? John 10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We have to be aware of that. Anything in your life that you're struggling with, look for those three things. Fear, doubt, and division. He's not a very clever enemy. He doesn't have a poker face. He uses the same attack over and over and over again. He's just trying to plant these things in you. But the Lord is good and he's gracious and um, I'm victorious over that question. I can, I can stand here before you and say that I'm victorious over that question. I don't, I've not for a long time wondered, what if, what if I miss it? What if I miss what the Lord has for me? What if I miss it? I've not asked that question until I became pastor. And then that question came back, but it wasn't a question of me, personally, me doubting. There's a uniqueness in this position that Randy had warned me about, but I and it's really one of those things that you can't really fully understand until you're in it. But the, the weight that you feel in this place, when you speak a word of God, and you speak it out to you, hoping that we receive it as a church, but still in the back of your mind saying, what if they didn't? What if they didn't receive it? Can you imagine bringing that word of the fourth pillar that we are the fourth pillar that supports the next great move of God and then wondering what no one believes that what the Lord just spoke over us so the question wasn't what if I miss it the question was what if we miss it as a whole that's what he's asked that's that's what the enemy has been creeping in and oh man that is a scary question Because the Lord has spoken big things over this community, amen? He has. Big things. And he's called us into these places. And I know that there are lives attached to our obedience and our disobedience. To my obedience and my disobedience. And church, who else is in sundown Texas? There is no one. It is us. So that was... That was, the, the enemy had been coming over and over, trying to beat me down with that question. I felt it heavy last Sunday. Because <clears throat> the Lord had said that this house was going to be a part of freeing a generation. Freeing generations from anxiety. That's a big thing. That's huge. That's, I can't comprehend that. But the Lord spoke that over this place. But man, I'm telling you, I left Sunday morning and he was waiting for me with a two by four to the face. What if they, didn't, what if they don't believe you? What if you don't believe it? Oh, gut-wrenching. But the Lord works in wonderful and mysterious ways and he revealed this, this very big question to me that I've never asked. What if you don't miss it? He revealed this to me from a man that's not a Christian. And he just, he's done a bunch of crazy stuff in his life. Just 
things that no person really needs to do, but he's done them, like run like a thousand miles. Like we've got cars and planes and boats and they're really good at going those distances. Like just let them do it. But he's done those things. He's accomplished these crazy goals. And a lady asked him, how do you, how do you keep going in those, in those places? Because you know you, well, you know when you're going on a long journey, just in life, you know you're going to encounter a moment of weariness. That's coming. When, you, when you're dealing with a difficult circumstance over and over and over and over again, and you hit that moment where you're just, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to stop. I want to be done. So the lady asked him, how, how does he keep going? And he simply said, I ask, what if I do this? What if I finish? What if I accomplish what I've set out to accomplish? And the Lord, that's when he spoke it to me. What if we do receive in fullness what I have spoken over this body? What if, what if we do walk in the fullness of what God is speaking to us now? What if we do, what if we are right now? And the Lord started to show me I, he's, he's really been big on, on not producing any more gray areas and being rid of gray areas and just revealing to us that there is light and there is dark. Proverbs 18, 21. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. You are either, either feeding the kingdom of darkness or you are feeding the kingdom of light. There is only one or the other. There is no in-between. We've seen that. The gray area is just black in a new form that's all it is gray areas are the fruit of the soul they're taking what god has given to us and leaving them out in the soul and not in the spirit it produces gray we've talked about that so we have to live from this place and he has spoken these things to us and we will receive them that's the place that we have to live he has spoken that this will be a city unto God. Period. Not what if this could be a city unto God. This will be a city unto God. Period. His word will not return void in this place. We have to stand in that. We have to be firm in that. We cannot move from that. We cannot waver from that. Because if we do. We are no longer speaking to life, but we are speaking to death. There is no in-between. We have to stand firm on that. We have to entertain this question. Not even a question, uh, but I can't wait to see this city unto God because it is coming. And my son, my four-year-old, taught me this a long time ago. But he taught me this, that I could receive this word. Sitting in the back of my truck in his car seat. And we were just praying. And if you know us, you know that we like horses. And we, we want land. And we've prayed for those things. And it's just a simple thing. And we're not worried about it. But my son just started to pray in the back seat of my truck and said, Thank you, Lord, for the land that you're bringing. Thank you, Lord, for our horses. At the time, we had none. And he's, we, have, we have some of those things now. But he stood in this place of thankfulness, not a request, 
But recognizing a desire of his heart and knowing that he could thank God for that because the desire of his heart are a reflection of the desires of the Father's heart for us if we find ourselves in the will of God. If we abide and remain in, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. The desires of our heart are always meant to reflect the desires of his heart if we exist in the will of God. And so we can ask for those things. We can speak those things into existence. So my son wasn't asking. He was just thanking God for them already. So we're not in a period of asking anymore. We're in a, we're in a time of de- declaration. Thank you, God, for those that will be saved. Thank you, God, for the households that will be restored. Thank you, God, that this will look like the kingdom of heaven more than it does a city and a state and a country. Thank you, God, because that will be. Because his word does not return void and he has spoken his word to us. And that has been his word. That we will be a body of people that run out to meet the prodigal sons and daughters seeking to return home. And we will bring them home in truth and righteousness. We will show them who they were created for. Who they were created to be. He has spoken those things. And so that will be. He has said that this will be a city of light set on a hill that cannot be hidden. And it will be. He has said that we will be the fourth pillar supporting the next great move of God that we are currently experiencing. And it will be. Period. We have to live in that place. God just reminded me of this simple and beautiful fact. That he is not in control. It's important to hear that. He is not in control. He is in charge. He is in charge. I would rather my God be in charge than be in control. He is in charge. And in his charge, he sent us. Imagine that. This God creator of the universe that is in charge of everything. That exists. That it has been and is yet to be has sent you to this place for this time. We carry his authority. These will be on the screen, so just just read on the screen. Matthew 19, 26. But Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Amen? Zephaniah 3, 17. The Lord your God is in your midst. A mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. And he will exult over you with loud singing. Have you ever thought about that reality that the Lord sings praises over you? He rejoices over you and your life. The creator of the universe I challenge you tonight to go outside and see that West Texas sky that is unlike any place on earth. Look up at those stars and then imagine the God that created that rejoicing over you. If you can't break out into praise of that God, we've got some things we need to talk about. Just call Rhonda, we'll sit down, we'll have a meeting. 1 Corinthians 6, 14. And God, 
raised the Lord and will also raise us up by his power from glory to glory. He will raise us up by his power. 2 Corinthians 5, 16. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God, making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Do you hear a question in that? Do you hear any uncertainty in that? He speaks with certainty, he speaks with authority, and that's who we've been called to be, how we've been called to live, how we've been called to speak. So there will be generations, young and old, that walk in the spirit together like this world has never seen. And they will come from this place. Amen. I'm telling you, you know what that word amen means? Let it be. I'm telling you right now, people of God, start saying it. Let it be. You have the authority as a son and daughter to the kingdom of heaven to say let it be and it will be. So when I tell you these things, you go ahead and you say let it be. You say amen. There will be a generation freed from anxiety. There will be, I'm talking about millions upon millions of people that will be freed from a mental disorder. Amen? Because of the faithfulness of this house. The Lord revealed he wants us to breathe different. In my preparation for this morning, I've told you, the Lord speaks to me through songs. I'm a worshiper. I mean, I'm a loud worshiper, but I'm a worshiper. Nonetheless. And he speaks to me through song, and he always has. So much of who God has created me to be and my personal identity is tied to that instrument. Being in rhythm to the Father's heart. The Lord spoke to me as I just sat with him. I've got all these things running through my mind. And I'm trying to figure out, Lord, which, what is the message for here, for right now, for this day? What is it? What do you have for this day? And he told me to go to the YouTube. He said, type in this song, click on it, listen to it. And we're going to sing this song in a little bit. And as I was listening to this song, he showed me this fantastic vision. He... I saw his face come through the ceiling. And it's a big face. I mean, it didn't fill up the whole room, but it was, it was big. It's like, I mean, you'd freak out if you saw it right above your head. It was massive. And he just exhaled into this place. He just breathed on us. And as he breathed on us, there was just this freedom that erupted. But we began what looked like the first time he he breathed in the oxygen that fills the kingdom of heaven into this place. And that's just began, that became our, our air, our source of air. That's what filled our lungs. And he started speaking to me 
about the way we need to live. You have not questioned at any point in time the certainty of the next breath during this sermon. If you're sitting there thinking about your breathing only and not thinking about what we're talking about, I'm not doing my job very well. I need to start speaking louder. I'm going to turn up the volume. <laughs> but that's not something we think about as we go throughout our day. We think about everything else. What's that one thing that needs to happen if you're going to keep doing those things? You've got to keep breathing. You can have a big old to-do list, but if you're not breathing, those things ain't getting done. And the Lord showed me that he wanted our speaking of light, our stance of light, our, our being in this position of absolute certainty with what he has spoken over this community, over this house, over you individually, what he has spoken to be so certain and instilled in us that it is like our next breath of air. It's not something we have to think about. It's just something we breathe in and breathe out. We stand firm in it. We don't waver from it. You don't waver about your next breath. You're not nervous about your next breath. You're not sitting there thinking, okay, how do I do this? How do I breathe in? How do I breathe out? You're not thinking about it. And that's what happened when he breathed into this place. We just began to breathe in the, the air of heaven. And the air of heaven is the certainty of God. The certainty of his promises to us. That he will do exactly what he has said he will do. We will be exactly who he has called us to be. We will see what he has said. We will see. We will see a generation of kids that are prophesying over one another. Can you imagine it? A four-year-old speaking prophetically over this house? I want those days. And we will see those days. We will see those days. And we will speak to that certainty because we will not breathe in anything else. We will only breathe the kingdom of light. And so that's what the Lord wants to do this morning. We're going to sing this song, Breathe. This is the air I breathe, that song. Like I said, I have no, I have no idea how long we'll be in it. But I'm telling you, the second we started to play this song is when that face came into this place and breathed out. So I'm asking you this morning to be a little bit uncomfortable. I'm asking you to let the Lord do whatever he needs to do in you. And I'm asking you to just count it all as loss for the kingdom this morning. Forget everything else but what the Lord wants to do in you this morning, what he wants to breathe in you this morning, that we would be a people that live with such certainty of God, just like the next breath that's going to fill our lungs. We would not waver. We would not waver. Receive in fullness. Run after him this morning. And just imagine with me for a second, what do you think in your wildest dreams would happen if the creator of the universe breathed into this place, just showed up and breathed over his children, just exhaled this breath, that the same breath that as he exhaled, things were created that did not exist? 
that as he breathed this breath, Jesus was filled with the Spirit of God. As he breathed this breath, Adam rose to life. That's the breath that he wants to breathe in this morning. Breath of freedom. Fullness. And so I would ask you this morning to receive in fullness that breath. Breathe in deeply. I'm telling you, I could not, it took forever just to get these few pages written out. These few pages of notes just so I could remember where we were going. Because the Lord would speak and I couldn't get that song. I couldn't turn it off. And I'm telling you, there were just moments where all of a sudden I found myself dropping my pen and I was falling on my knees. I couldn't, I, I couldn't help it. I had no control over this body, but it, I felt that breath of God in this just response that I could not help but have. Could not help but have to our creator that has said, imagine that, has said, these things will be. This will be a city unto God. What? What? Tell me you have not longed to see the fruits of God. Tell me that you have not longed to see those that are lame rise up out of their chairs. That those that are dead raise again. Tell me that you haven't longed for those that live every day not knowing who God has called them to be. For them to realize it before your eyes. That's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. That is one of the greatest treasures I've ever seen in my life. It's to see someone receive their identity. It's powerful. It's addicting. I want to see more of it. Imagine that. Let's live in that. Let's not imagine anything else from here on out. But only dream with God. Only allow the desires of God to fill your heart. And only breathe in and breathe out those things that he has said will be. Stand firm with me in that place. I'm telling you, there's a trend that the Lord has had in this house. He has come with a word for the individual. This morning is a word for the individual. It is a word for this congregation, but it is a word for you as an individual in your own life. He is speaking these things. But what he has done is he will speak something to the individual one Sunday. And I'm telling you, the next Sunday, he will give us a task. He will give us a mission that is beyond comprehension. He spoke two weeks ago that you would receive who God has fully called you to be and not acknowledge anything else. Acknowledge nothing else but who God has created you to be from here on out. I wonder why that was. I don't think a doubting people can free a generation from anxiety. Knowing that anxiety is simply caused from not having any direction, having no place to turn, and having no purpose. So it obviously needs a people that have direction, have a place to turn, and have purpose. He spoke that before he released that. Before he released that mission, before he released that call on our lives... He had to get some things worked out for us right now. And I'm telling you this morning, he wants us to breathe in the breath of heaven with him this morning. So what does next week have in store? What is he going to do tomorrow? What is waiting for us outside that door today? If this is what he wants to do this morning. So we're going to sing this one song. Worship team, come on up. 
We're going to sing this one song this morning. And I would just ask you to praise God the Father with everything you have. Breathe in this morning. Like I said, as, as we were singing this song is when he was breathing that into us. So breathe it in. Receive it in fullness. God has big things. He's already said that. We've already received that. We know that. We will live on nothing else. We will stand on nothing else. But the great things that he has spoken over this house. It'll be our very breath. It'll be as certain as our next breath. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.